Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Alyssa Explains It All. I'm so excited. We're getting back to our regularly scheduled programming, and I really don't think that we could have done it any better than by having this guest on the podcast today. Her name is Lane Quetteris. I think I say it in the beginning of the podcast too, potentially. I think we were recording. Um, the way that I figured out how to say her last name is I Googled or YouTubed her saying it. And she explained to somebody else, you say the female body part like a toddler, Quetteris. And I thought that was hilarious. And I think about that all the time. Anywho. Lane is an actor, writer, director, and a comedian, and she's the creator of the show Sex Job. She is a financial dominatrix, and her show goes into her whole experience getting into that role and the amazing life experiences that she's had since that. So um, I think you are going to love, love, love her and um, tune in to the end so you can find out when and where you can watch Sex Job. You're going you're gonna to love it. <laughs> Hi, Lane. Hi. I'm so excited to have you on. Wait, I was practicing how to say your last name, and when I was looking up how to say it, you said on a podcast that it's like a toddler saying clitoris. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, it helped so much. I'm so clitoris. glad. Clitoris. That- <laughs> well, yeah, but you can just like, yeah, I mean, you stayed full toddler. Yeah, clitoris. <laughs> yeah. So you do still say the R. Yeah, 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 Quetoris. Quetoris, but yeah, but Quetoris. I <laughs> love that. If you are a full-time toddler, yeah. That, if you are a full-time toddler, I love that. I also have a very complicated last name, and it just so happens that the first chunk of it is, it's Lubachek, but the first chunk of it is Lube, and so that's the one we kept. There you go. And that's a little bit easier. Um, but I'm so excited to have you on because our paths crossed in like the weirdest way. Truly. Truly the weirdest way. And we briefly met when I came to your show, Sex Job, at the Fringe Festival in Scotland. So it's always weird to meet someone who lives also in New York, but have met them all the way in Scotland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, it's happened. It happened. I met so many people from New York while we were there. It was crazy. But I enjoyed your show so, so much. And now that I've like gotten time to dig into all of your other things, you are an actor, a writer, a director, and a comedian. Yes. All of these wonderful things. And- John, my boyfriend, knows you as a comedian. So when oh. we were picking all of the shows, 
I saw all the signs everywhere and I was like, what is this sex job? And he was like, oh my God, I totally know who that is. And so that, that was like a big part of why we were also going. Cause he was like, I have to see her. And so you were a big priority to see sex jobs. So I'm so glad we got to see it. It was so much fun. Thank you. Oh, wow. That's so great to hear. <laughs> Those was posters fun- worked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Your room was packed and it was packed with like the craziest mix of people. Yes. Every Were you surprised? type. Yes. I was so surprised. <laughs> Every type came and it was uh, not what I was expecting. I was expecting mostly like kind of younger people. There were some audiences that were the majority was older people or like middle-aged men. And I was like, wow, didn't expect this to be my target audience, but Hey, hey, here we are. Oh my God. It was actually kind of cool to see. I was like, I was kind of impressed. There was a lot of, um, when we went, there were a lot of like elderly men in the crowd. And I was like, what? is this? <laughs> and they were like get... very supportive and into it too. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Did you feel nervous when, when you were going out onto the stage and like seeing the people who were in the crowd? Like, oh shit, I hope this lands. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I, I think not as much like seeing them, but there were some rooms. I mean, what we did learn Um, And this was even me guesting on other shows. Like I did guest spots on The Retreat, um, which Mm -hmm. was a show produced by Kate Nash um, uh, with Anne Gregory and Rebecca Johnson. And like there were just some audiences, especially that were older, that were just more quiet because they Mm -hmm. were just like mostly like British elderly people who were just like listening and like and enjoying themselves, but just not as loud. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, as a comedian, you know, I'm sure your boyfriend can relate that like the, when you don't get as big of laughs, that will kind of like make you maybe possibly a little nervous or be like, okay, maybe I have to rework stuff for this room. So that I would say got to me more than the audience, but definitely I was surprised. (laughs) Oh my God. I was, I was so surprised. And a lot of your show, well, actually not a lot of it, but a good portion of it is some crowd participation too. Like you Mm -hmm. require the crowd to get involved a little bit. Yeah. So it was, to no, always those, volunteers. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. always volunteers. Yeah, I, I, it's I think sort of a, the nature of talking about sex and sexuality and all of that stuff that people want to get involved, but they are too nervous to do it. But then when there's the equalizer of we're all in the same room, mm. we were all interested in this, so we can all discuss. That I, that seems to help, I guess. It does help, but it was interesting. Um, so I had done the show a little bit in New York and at the Fringe, there's so much really insane audience participation where mm. the audience member does not always volunteer at like all of these <laughs> other thousands of shows um, that I experienced. And so I found there were, a, people were much more shy to volunteer at the Fringe. Whereas mm. uh, when I did the show in New York or at the grand opening gala for a dungeon in Ohio, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> people a are, luxury event, a luxury event. Um, people actually there, there were some stuff where people didn't volunteer as quickly because they were like, I already know how to do all of this. They were like, this is tired. Yeah. They're like, I'm an expert. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, the person who I, you know, there's that section where I teach someone how to do FinDom financial yes. information. I will get into that. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The person was like, truly like, a Findom icon. And I was like, okay, well, you're teaching <laughs> me things at this point. Um, That's so, yeah. so funny. Well, do you want to give like a little bite size yes. um, summary <laughs> of what the show is about? Yes, we've gotten ahead of ourselves. Um, yes, so yes, the show, my show Sex Job is a comedy show about my real day job 
as a financial dominatrix and sex worker. And basically, uh, if you're like, what is financial domination? It is where people's kink is giving me money for the pleasure of giving me money. Stunning. <laughs> so it's a great day job. <laughs> Lucrative. Um, and it's a fascinating world. And my entire journey through it, I've, I've been doing uh, different things through this. And there's a lot of like classic domination, dominatrix type elements as well. Um, was over 15 years. So I just have so many stories. <laughs> like yeah. the list just goes on. Um, so yeah, so I wrote this really interesting, eye-opening, funny show about it. It's so funny and it's, it is really eye-opening. And it's also, it's interesting because as you're talking about all of the, these stories that you have and the way that you wove them into the show, it's, tough to talk about other people's kinks and mm -hmm. do it in like a story time lens because you don't want to make anyone feel like their kink is weird. Yes. Because it's not like if, it, right. if it's enjoyable to you and it's safe and consensual, who cares? Right. But like to hear some of the things that people are interested in is just like fascinating. Right. And for people who are not, a lot of the people who listen to my podcast or my followers are from my time on the circle. So they're not like totally in the like sex education world at all. And right. so a lot of the time, I think it's a lot of like, there's a lot more shock value in these conversations for the people listening than there are obviously for like, definitely not so much for you. And like, I'm still learning, but you know, it's, it, we're accepting of everything as long as everything is safe and consensual. So totally. but I appreciate I appreciate the way that you tell those stories because you're able to share the experiences without demeaning that person, unless that's what they're into, which is also fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then, <laughs> then I should be getting paid for that part of the job. Yes. <laughs> exactly. There will be an invoice at the end. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I try. I mean, because if the joke is just the kink, like that's not a joke. Like that is just yeah. like, oh, this person is into this. But a lot of times it's like the mental gymnastics people will do around like making themselves be okay with it or maybe certain hypocrisies people have within kink. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, and just sometimes like the silliness of it, right? Like sex yeah. and our sexuality can be silly and just leaning into that from like a loving, fun perspective as opposed to like a judging perspective. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So when it comes to financial dominatrix stuff, yes, how, like can you explain what that looks like? What you would actually be doing? And you were able to provide videos for your show. So if you have the opportunity to go see Sex Job at any point in time, please go because it's great. But for those who cannot see it. <laughs> Please describe yes. what, what that is like. <laughs> also, I will tell you, I have a show coming up in December that there will be a streaming option so people can see it from anywhere in like, maybe the world. Stunning. Yes. So we, we've That's got amazing. that. That's um, But okay. So, um, so what financial domination looks like, what it can be, is it really can range greatly. So financial domination is definitely like... Um, a sub, <laughs> and I say that I say that not in yeah. a kinky way, like a, yeah. a like a specific uh, part of classic domination, like mm -hmm. um, and so basically financial domination again is yeah their kink is usually around money, and it can range anywhere from just like I just like spoiling pretty girls to mm. I like to get humiliated um, when I send money to I like just like sending for different things, um, and so sometimes. 
a lot of what happens, especially since um, the pandemic, a lot of what I do and what most people that do financial domination do is all online. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people like never even meet in person. And so it's a lot of either cam sessions or being on different you know websites like OnlyFans, whatnot. Um, but uh, Twitter, Twitter is like a big place where people mm -hmm. kind of search for it and find it, though. You know, it's always hard on social media, as you know, yeah. um, because social media does not quite <laughs> accept um, a lot of things around sex and sex work. Um, even Certainly not consensual. And, you know, even if like the niche that you're doing is legal, which is a whole other mm -hmm. <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so essentially sometimes it's someone just messaging me saying, can I pay for your latest meal? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's someone wanting to do a video response session where I'm sending them like pictures or videos um, as they're maybe typing. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. it's like a cam session where I'm on, you know, camera like Zoom or Skype type of a thing with them. Um, so yeah, it can really vary greatly. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some different types as well. Um, and then, oh, and then in person, it can be in person as well. And the way I discovered financial domination is always really fun, which is yes. that, <laughs> yes, as you know from the show, um, I, uh, I had a sub who was like, what if you meet me at the ATM and I put in my card and my pin and I step to the side and you take over in front of my bank account and you take out how much you want. And it was so thrilling and electric and exciting. And I could immediately see how like sexy it was for him mm -hmm. and for me. Like it was immediately this like incredibly vulnerable, incredibly like, ooh, what's going to happen kind mm -hmm. of moment. Um, and that was my introduction into it. And I was like, okay, I do this now. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is it's my focus. <laughs> Getting one of those, like one of those moments, it's like, this is either going to change my life and be the best thing I ever did, or I'm going to be filleted at the end of the day. We don't know. Yeah. I'm very happy that it was, it ended up being this like life-changing, <laughs> wonderful experience for you. Yeah. There's also the middle of like, oh, I did it and no money came out and wah, wah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a huge range. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I'm so glad that you talk so publicly about your job and your work because I think it's important and it, like, it's important for any of the people that I've had on the podcast who are sex workers to be able to share their stories, especially when when social media is not really catering to it at all. Like right. earlier this morning, I got re mad about it because I saw uh, something that Doja Cat posted, and I love her, but like I could see her whole nipple, and I was, and right. that's fine. Right. But how is how is that allowed? And when like we're doing our own, like even for me doing like in like purely informational posts and I get, mm -hmm. I get like, um, content violations all the time. Like this is crazy. So yeah. I'm glad that you've found these ways to interject your story, to be able to just share what the experience has been like for you, but also explain, um, what a sex worker looks like without people making all these like weird assumptions. Like right. one of the things I love so much about your story is that you were like a theater kid and you still are. Yes. And you started your whole like educational journey in um, you have a BFA yes. in theater. Yeah. In theater, right? Musical theater. Yeah. Musical theater. Like, I think that's so cool because it's just like redefining the way that people might think that people fall into sex work. Like yes. a lot of the other sex workers we've had on, one of the questions that I ask is like explaining, you know, how your journey, like how, how did you fall? Did you fall into this? Was it something you, you were seeking out? And 
all of them either fall in, fall into it or were seeking it out, but do it because they love it, not because they have yeah. like some desperate need to do it. And I think that that's the implication. And I have not found that to be the case at all. Right. It's it's literally just a job. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It is just yeah. a job and it's got its ups, it's got its downs. Um, and also there are so many more people that have done some form of sex work. We mm-hmm. just don't talk about it. I, yeah. I cannot tell you once I did become more public, how many people were like, oh, I actually have done like, you know, this specific niche thing in sex work mm-hmm. because sex work also doesn't have to mean that you're having sex. Like, you know, you, there are so many different versions of what it looks like as well. And yeah. so, um, yeah, so it's, it's like people have dabbled in sex work or been fully in sex work or known someone in sex work. I can almost guarantee, you know, or have known someone that has done it hundred percent and they just haven't t- talked about it cause it's not talked about. And finally it's starting to get talked about a little bit more. Yeah. I even had a little Fendom experience when I was in college. So that was also very exciting when I was watching your show. I was like, oh my God, I have a story. I can contribute to this. So when I was in college, I I found someone and we're like still very good friends. That's another thing too. I'm still very good friends with this person. (sighs) He is lovely and so supportive. And I find that that's also the case that when you've built this, this level of trust with a person, you have to have like a lot of mutual respect and you can build really nice friendships from this. Um, But he literally would just like, if I were going, he liked the humiliation aspect of Mm. it. So it was like, if I were going on a date with someone else, he would pay me for the date or he would like pay me to get my nails done for a date, like stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And so there's um, like a little bit of a cuckolding thing in there for him. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like some, some like verbal humiliation stuff that he liked. I wasn't very good at it. Um, but it's hard at first. <laughs> it, it, it's feels, hard. it feels counterintuitive because you're like, oh, yes. you're enjoying this. <laughs> right, right. You're like, oh, the, you feel like you're being mean, but this is what they want. And it's very conflicting. Right. Um, and so I, we had that relationship for like well over a year and it was really fun for a while. And then we sort of like naturally fell out of the rhythm of it. And we still are friends and like we'll go and get dinner every now and then. And it's like it's been a really it was a really lovely experience for me. So I, I think people just need to understand how much more like fun and not scary it actually can be. Right. Yeah. And even that like doing humiliation can be supportive and fun Mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be this like scary, mean thing. And you don't, you aren't necessarily always perpetuating like negative cycles. Like if anything, you're offering like some release for that mm. person or some kind of like getting to just lean into a side of themselves that maybe they're scared of or that they don't get to lean into normally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's can be such a great fun thing. And I know I had a lot of my own judgments around something like humiliation until mm-hmm. I started to do it more and more and started to talk to people more and more about it and got to see what the experience was like for that for them. Totally. And it's nice to also be um, a safe space for a person to ex- a person to explore something like that. Yeah. Like it, it feels nice to be able to have someone's vulnerability like in your hand and be like, oh no, I, I'm going to be safe and careful with this because, like, you really have to have um, a human approach to all of it to make sure that you're being responsible in the way that you carry out everything that they want to explore. And it's really it takes like a special kind of person to be able to do that and be mm-hmm. so careful and gentle 
with what they're what they're asking of you. But I would imagine that having a theater background kind of helps in the beginning. Yes. Because because you explain this a little bit in your show where you kind of have to like put on your a different hat, like your Findom hat is like completely different than your regular Lane hat. Mm-hmm. And was was like the theater background helpful in doing that? Yes, uh, theater and and also improv. Because yeah. you are, you're just doing improv with them. Like you are role playing and you're basically leaning into a fantasy and saying yes and to the sub. And like, you know, I have that joke in my show where it's like, you know, I discovered like being a dominatrix was not like, you know, having this unrelenting urge to be mean or hurt men. It's just saying yes and to them, which means mm-hmm. it's just doing improv, but with horny men, which is yeah. what doing improv is. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's the same. It's exactly the same. That is so funny. That is so funny and so true. But like for the for the part of it that had to do with your sexual confidence, like being able to be sexy is hard for a lot of people. Right. And so how did you how did you sink into that feeling or how do you like play into that? Yeah, I think also, again, things like musical theater, like helped me lean into that. Like I think, mm-hmm. you know, getting to kind of play those roles already um, you know, whether it be like a sexy dance that you're doing or a lot right. of fussy. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so I think, I think that did really help me, um, feel comfortable in doing that. And I'm sure it was like a process, um, mm. especially where it's like, oh, you think my feet are sexy? Like, how do I be <laughs> sexy with my feet? I guess right. <laughs> move them this way. You like it? Okay. We'll keep doing that. <laughs> Right. Oh man, that's tough too because I like I, I feel so stressed about doing I'm such a people pleaser right. that I would be so overly concerned about like, well, I can't do that because I know that I wouldn't do it right. I'm sure that I wouldn't do it right. And it would just stress me out so much. But I I had made a note, like and you'd seen too that I made a note about like my pole dancing class because yes. I took this pole dancing class and when I my sister took a video of it for me like a portion of it for me and I watched it back and I was like oh my god I've never looked so unsexy in my life I was like what I just like I watched it and I was like holy cow I'm so like unconnected to my body and there were periods of my time of my life where I was like I felt very, I felt that sense of embodiment. Like I was much more connected and watching that back. I was like, Jesus, God, what is that? <laughs> and, so, and so like even that part of it feels like something that you would have to actively work on. Yeah. It doesn't come naturally I to mean, you. Was that your first pole dancing class? Yes. Yeah. Pole dancing <laughs> is hard. Like, it's so hard. Like it is straight up hard. So yeah, I've done, I've done a good amount of pole dancing and I, I've loved getting to do it. It's been like, a, a wonderful um, kind of uh, activity for me that is like not me trying to do something for a career and just getting mm-hmm. to like move my body. And, you know, I have a background in, in dance and gymnastics, so it's like a blend of all of those things. Um, but like learning like how to grip the pole and like, oh. you know, getting pole burn and like having to use strength that like, you know, forearm and grip strength that you don't have yet. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's pretty awkward for a while. Like anytime it's you're hard. learning a new move, it's awkward. Yeah, and it's it's hard to like the the part that I remembered watching myself the most was I had they have you do like in your intro class you hold the pole and do just like a b- very basic spin. Yes, and watching that, I was like, wow, it looks like I grew legs that day. It looks like I literally was born that day. Right. And it's the first time I've ever moved in this body. Yeah. Um, oh. 
But it's also like it's awkward because whenever in your life are you doing that and trying to look hot while you do it? And also there's like complicated physics or maybe not complicated, but there's physics involved where it feels scary and unnatural for you. You have to lean as far away from the pole in order yeah. to get that beautiful swing and turn. And that's scary because yes. <laughs> you're basically having to do a little bit of a free fall even for like the simplest turn. So yeah, it makes sense. Like you want to just cling to the pole, but you have to lean away from that. And that's not our natural instinct as a human. A hundred percent. Absolutely not. Yeah. So that, that was really challenging. And even honestly, in my own experiences with any sort of like the cuckolding, that whole relationship, mm-hmm. that, that experience too, it was hard for me to like really understand that I was the sexy person in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is, oh, this is for me. I got it. Okay. Um, (laughs) you know, it was like, I just was not fully there. So like, it's, it's very, it's cool to have seen you go from like these, you had these pictures of yourself in the show where it's like your first couple days in college and you look just so like, like young, excited to be there. Like a dork. (laughs) I look like a theater nerd. (laughs) Yes. Cause I was. And then it was just like, and, and am <laughs> still yeah. am. Big but old I boy. love that because then you're able to still, you're able to still be that person and tap into this part of you. That's yes. like so much more sensual and embodied and sassy. And I love that for you. And I want, I wanted to learn that. How did, how did we get there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it was again, a lot of trial and error. Like there was a lot of times where I looked or felt awkward and, you know, the subs had to teach me what to do, which is, I'm sure, not right. what they wanted to do. But, um, you know, there there was there was an element of getting to see others do it and kind of like emulate that and then sort mm-hmm. of slowly find my version of what I like. Um, so with something like Twitter, for instance, when I got on the air, it was I got to see kind of like, OK, what are all these different pictures or videos these other doms are posting? And would kind of be like, oh, okay, like I can kind of pose like this and that. And I think it it would often start as kind of like from the outside in of like kind of like, you know, playing this part, doing doing what you think it should look like and mm-hmm. then slowly finding, uh, you know, embodying it and finding your version of what it looks like for you. Right. Did you have any anybody sort of mentor you through the process or did you kind of like do that, that whole, like, I'm just going to see what everybody else is doing, do exactly that. And then make it my version later. (laughs) Um, there was, there wasn't necessarily like an official mentor for me. Um, though I know there are a lot of doms that will do that and have like, I think even programs doing that. It was mostly, uh, mostly a lot of trial and error though, for me. And I will say I did have like other peers that I was, um, like when I first went independent, because I was doing like these foot parties and stuff. And when I went independent, um, I did that with these two other ladies that were incredible. Like they, one had like a master's in violin. The other one was like, you know, taking the bar and oh. they were also like, had their hot side hustle. And Love it. so I think there was a lot of getting to communicate with them and be like, you know, what, what do you do when they ask for, uh, you know, CFNM, <laughs> Which is CF? I taught it in the show. You don't remember? I'm not super kink informed, so uh, there's like stuff that I don't know all of. CFNM means clothed female, naked male. Got it. Um, but I still, even today, even 15 years in, am like yeah. googling things. <laughs> 
because they'll ask these things and I'm like, and I'm like, why don't they just write this out? Like, why is there, there's just an acronym for everything. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. You mentioned feet parties. Yes. Do you want to explain what that is? (laughs) Nope. Uh, No, I don't. Moving on. The world can guess. Um, (laughs) uh, No, so basically it was, um, it was parties where people would go that usually, um, usually men that had a foot fetish And then there were generally, at least at these parties, I'm sure there's a huge mixture um, and range for all types of genders and identities, especially at this point in time. This is 15 years ago. So it was, Mm -hmm. you know, much more binary. But so it was like ladies there showing off their feet, walking (laughs) around in usually like high heels or open toed shoes. And then men would pay to worship their feet. And so I made really good money that first party. And I was like, I feel less objectified than when I've been like waiting tables. Like yeah. I felt way more taken care of and wait, made way more money. What am I doing? Like I right. need to do this now. Right. Um, and it's way more flexible too on top of that when you are pursuing other things. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate the perspective of you feeling more respected in these like kink spaces than you have in just like everyday life. Right. Can you talk a little bit about what those, what that relationship is with when you're the dom and you have a sub and the sort of like respect that you see there that you kind of don't receive in every day? Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like most people don't get to go to work and get called goddess. Um, (laughs) That's pretty nice. Uh, Great perk. Um, yes. <laughs> or just like get gifts just cause on the regular. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially, generally, like there are, it's, it's, it is the service industry. So there is obviously you're still, de- you're still dealing with clients and my clients have a, a huge range, but the really nice thing is I get to say, no, I can mm-hmm. very easily be like, I don't want to do that. And either we find an adjustment for something that I am comfortable with or I'm just like, no to this, and I'm not going mm-hmm. to work with that client. Um, whereas, you know, there's no like boss for me to have to appease. I think the ability to do that and to be able to say no um, and really craft what my day looks like when I work, um, all of that has been incredible. And I think maybe sets a lot of the time sex work apart from often other, you know, gig jobs or normal, you know, nine to five jobs even. Mm-hmm normal quote unquote. (laughs) Right. Right. I think you talked about this a little bit in the show that for a long time, you weren't really open about what your job was. And, um, and now it's sort of been more recent that you've started to share more about about what your job is. Was there like an alias job that you were giving people before? Yeah. Just gigs, (laughs) (laughs) just gigs in general. And maybe like what, what kind of gigs? You'd be like gigs. Oh, gigs. Um, I mean, I did have, I would list off other things that I've maybe done in the past. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I did some catering. I waited tables. Um, I used to like Airbnb my apartment out. Um, so I would sometimes list those. But mm-hmm. yeah, I would usually just try to keep it as vague as possible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then finally getting to tell people has been like a huge adjustment, but has been so nice and in so many ways have people have been so much more welcoming than I expected. I was very worried, uh, especially in the comedy community that I would be seen as like a dumb sex work bimbo, but I want to be seen as a dumb sex work bimbo. (laughs) It's fucking funny. You are. You are. I can tell that. 
tell you that that is how you are perceived. <laughs> Thank you. I also love the rise in bimboism. I think it's incredible. Oh, the bimbo movement is delicious. Oh. I love it. Yeah. We so all deserve fun to... and flirty and yeah, yes, the good fluffy glorifying. time. Yeah, good fluffy time. <laughs> we need to glorify the bimbo. I love it so yeah. much. So then, so when you started to share that with people, were the people that were close to you that you were kind of like sharing your whole um, experience with, were they supportive of you? Yeah. I mean, I think there've, there've definitely been people that have had their own journeys with it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I've had boyfriends in the past who have been like, I'm super cool with it. I think it's amazing that you do this. Like you're a badass. And then they've been like, yeah. Oh, I actually have some issues. And it's been like, you know, something that has, if anything, been a vehicle for us to like explore, you know, what's going on emotionally for them and for me and be able to be like kind of a, a door to open to go deeper. In mm. general, though, for the most part, it has been pretty good. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the the biggest thing that I've had to deal with as far as like stigma with sex work, because once I, here's the thing, once I get to talk to someone about it, mm. th then they understand way more because they've got mm. their preconceived notions. And then once they start to talk to me about it, it they can see it and they see me and they see it in, in such a more, more fleshed out way, as opposed to this very old fashioned view that we have of what sex work is and what it looks like and how it would be for people. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that like the, my ability, because I already had such a good handle on it, I think because I am a comedian and I know how to make people comfortable and use humor to be able to relate things to other people, um, has really, really helped me and worked in my favor. Um, and the only really major things that I've had issues with is institutions with, you know, mm. Amazon, PayPal, Twitter, Instagram, um, yeah. like that, that has been much harder of a battle than, you know, talking to an actual human about it. Yeah. I think when it comes to um, your human interactions and explaining to the people who care about you, what, your job is and working in the sex work space, it kind of reminds me of like when you get your first tattoo and you're so scared to do it and then you do it and you like before you're like, oh God, the people at my job are going to hate me. My parents are going to hate me. And, but then right. you get one and you're like, literally everything's fine. Yeah. And it kind of feels like that where it's like, once you, once you kind of like start and you're like, oh my God, everything's fine. Yeah. It's so much easier to just kind of like get the ball rolling with everything else. And it's so frustrating that that's just those institutions that will allow it for some people and not for, for others. It's just so frustrating. Like, why do I know what Doja Cat's nipple looks, looks like? <laughs> like, I don't, why, why do I need to know that? And like, like Kim Kardashian's ass crack looks like for what? Let's have nippleism. Let's have all the nipples we allowed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> nippleism like, as in just... feminism. I was like, that pun nippleism. needs to be explained. No, it's the movement. It's the movement. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's the movement. Great, great. <laughs> so, but would you say that your like theater stuff and your acting stuff is still your main like goal or are you kind of like split between the two now? Um, I think I've kind of combined them in a, in a way now with my show. Mm. I think, um, uh, there has been some split, but I think more so now I'm, you know, with my show and uh, it's be it's become much more about, oh, this is actually an amazing experience for me to get to share, to like change the conversation around this. Um, so, you know, I'm definitely doing like less and less like, you know, of my day job of Findom. Mm -hmm. And but at the same time, like there's obviously elements all about it throughout 
you know, my work now. So that's mm-hmm. been, it's been this interesting blend, but it has been weird and confusing to like, kind of blend those two worlds that I kept super, super separate for so long. Yeah. You made like a beautiful marriage of the two yeah. with the show. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so you're going to be doing the show. Um, you're going to do it streaming in December. And then I think mm-hmm. I saw in October, you're also doing the yes. show in Brooklyn. Yes. So um, yeah. Dates. So you can go to sexjobshow.com. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and I'm sure I'm going to have more like touring dates coming up soon. But right now it's October 6th at Brooklyn Comedy Collective, uh, December 20th at 7 p.m. at Caveat. And that's the streaming option as well. Um, but there's there's more in the works that I'm really, really excited about. I was going to say, like, I hope that the show ends up being like filmed. I hope it's just like because yeah. it's the perfect way to I feel like a lot of the times when you neutralize anything sex related and you're the person kind of like playing the authority mm-hmm. and and if you talk about it like it's okay everyone else will receive it in a way where it's okay and I think that's why the combination of talking about sex work and comedy together makes it it makes it easy for like that like old british man to sit in the audience and enjoy everything that you're saying because you're saying it in this like very neutralized comedic way and it's just right. like not scary when you do it that way yeah and here's the thing people like to talk about sex and they light up when sex is brought up. They just need permission. Mm -hmm. So that is exactly what this show is. And I'm sure a lot of what you do and you can see the way it just lights people up. Um, And so to bring humor into, it just is like a perfect combo so that it can make it also accessible and not as scary um, so that people can kind of dip their toe in and be like, ooh, what is this world like? I wanna learn more. Exactly. I, I've had a similar experience even just with like getting into sex coaching and all this kind of stuff now. I really thought that I would have a lot more family members who would have issues with it, especially like the older generations. And I can't tell you how much information I didn't ask for that I now know about my family. Oh, yeah. You know, people love to tell you what you didn't ask for the second that you you address any sort of sex anything. Do people yes. do that to you? Do you have yes, a lot of interactions? Yes, I do. I have a lot of people that are like, oh my God, let me tell you, my husband was trying to get me to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Oh, We're doing this now. All right, let's go. <laughs> you have to be like the confidant for all of your friends then, I would assume. Um, yeah, I, I feel like especially in regards of sex, and, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. I, yes. I I'm often the person people will come to for advice in that regard or to just get to talk through things with that regard, anything sexy or kinky or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. It's fun to just also be like similarly with with the actual like sub dom uh, relationship. It's fun to be the person that people feel safe talking to you about like whatever. I love being that. It's like being like the big sister for everybody. Yes. Yeah. I love being the big sister. I, I am the yeah. big sister in my family. So <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> so was there a period of time where you had started this work and had to deal with a lot of like the shame that comes with just like being a woman who's enjoying her sexuality? Because I feel like yes, every woman in- endures that to some degree, but really stepping into a sex work role What was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of why I kept it hidden for so long. Like I did not, I felt like, oh, this, this is, you know, bad and taboo and like, and, and and wrong, even though I would see that like my clients were enjoying themselves. I felt safe and comfortable. I was like, nothing, like nothing bad 
is happening that I'm experiencing. But I know, I mean, people just have, I mean, think about the word whore, okay? Mm -hmm. It's like literally the word whore is probably the worst thing you can call a woman. And it's literally just a description of a job. Yeah. Like it's literally just like the description, like, right? It's just a whore is someone who has sex for money. And yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, that's I mean, the worst thing you could possibly yeah. say. And and I think a lot of that is because it's, you know, threatening to men. It's threatening, you know, because it's it's women. Women's sexuality, people's sexuality is scary and threatening to people, especially a lot of men have found sexuality, I think maybe even, especially women's sexuality, more difficult to navigate because um, I've had a lot of men tell me that they feel a lot less like kind of in control, I guess I'll say. Like, and mm-hmm. and again, this is like not everyone's experience, but um, I think it's, I mean, it's literally a biological thing that happens with testosterone le- levels, right? Like I've heard about people too that like once they start taking testosterone, they're like, oh, this is what this feels like. This is different. And so I think it, you know, it feels like, oh, I don't fully have, even even with sex, like you don't fully have control because it's you are interacting with another person, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like your sexuality meeting their sexuality. So it's not mm-hmm. just you in a contained space, knowing what's going to happen. You are vulnerable. You're stepping into the unknown. And so people immediately are like, I got to stuff this down. I got to yeah. make this. <laughs> I got to make this uh, a thing I can hold into a little tight container and right. put away when I want to. <laughs> Shove it away. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like it's not even just men. Like it is, it's just people. It's, it's sexuality. Sexuality is scary because it's vulnerable. Anything that's vulnerable is scary. Yeah. And I think even um, that when you think about who is really upset about people enjoying their sexuality, it's when you start really thinking about the people who are upset about it, you really start to like look at it in the eyes and you're like, oh, this is about control. This is about yeah. other people being embarrassed, other people feeling like they're losing control of a situation. And ultimately there's there's nothing wrong. Like you said, I'm having fun. This other person's having fun. Everything is safe and that we're doing exactly what we want to do. So what's the problem? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And when you like break it all down like that, it just feels, I don't know, it feels kind of silly. But in your whole 15 year journey, do you mm-hmm. feel like there's anything about the domination space that you wish people knew and wouldn't necessarily know until they spoke to someone who is in the industry? Yeah. I mean, I I kind of said it earlier, but I think definitely that um, it's a lot more supportive than you would expect. And there are a lot more like longer client uh, and dom relationships that go on much longer than you would think. Like I've had many subs serving me for 15 years. Oh, I um, love that you say serving me. Serving. Yeah, they're serving me. As the, <laughs> as the youth say, a slay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Uh, Truly. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's sometimes I use uh, Dom sub terms or like kink terms and I'm like, yeah. oh, I have to translate that. <laughs> um, oh, I love um, But uh, it, it feels funny for them for it to be like, you know, um, I don't know what other word I would use. I mean, it is serving. Like it is, yeah, is, it is, it is. serving. Yeah. Um, and that's the, the term that they like to use and I like to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely that. I think there is also the element that like, people, yeah, often enjoy themselves in it. And that it, it is not, while there can be some darkness within, you know, BDSM and kink, like, like there is darkness in all of us, like it's shadow work, essentially. Mm -hmm. And shadow work is like, 
facing your deeper, darker desires and fears and kind of exploring and pulling back the veil. And rather than saying like, no, I'm not even going to look at it, just being curious about it. I think it's a lot more about curiosity and play than mm -hmm. people realize yeah. as, oppo as opposed to being this big, hard, scary thing. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes people just want me to call them a good boy. You know, it's like, it's, yeah, exactly. Like sometimes it's just like something sweet and simple like that. Like yeah. they want to pay for, you know, um, yeah, my pedicure and mm -hmm. me call him a good boy and that's it. And it's because yeah. they just want that validation and, and people, and also I want to even mention with Findom, like people have really interesting relationships with money and money is power. And so that's why often money, you know, can get, well, does get involved in FINDOM is because, which is short for financial domination, um, is because it's it's something that like is interesting to explore rather than mm. just stuff under the rug. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to describe it. And there's a lot about sexuality that is so much more about play than it, than people are willing to embrace. I mean, yeah. all of it is. And um, unfortunately, we've been given this message that it's shameful or dirty or made only for procreating. And that's just simply not true. It's never been true. And, right. and you know, we've just been given this like really lame narrative. Yeah. And you're here to just break it all down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, baby. I love it. Um, okay, so you do this amazing game in your show. Yes. And we're going to play it today. And it's called Did, Did. I Do That? For money. Yes. <laughs> yes. All we right. need a theme song. <laughs> I know. I do have music in the show, but maybe I'll sing it to you. Um, honestly, maybe we should just put me singing it just like that in the show. I love it. I love it. Okay. So yes, we're going to play. Did I do that for money? The game show where I tell you some wild stuff and you tell me if you think I did that for money or not. Got it? Got it. Okay, great. All right. So here we go. First question. Did someone lick my shoes in Union Square, which is like a major place in New York City? Very busy. Yes, 100%. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> Mostly because I've been to Union Square and I feel like no one would look twice. Truly. There's so much crazier stuff going on in Union Square. Um, and also a fun fact, licking shoes clean just means they're more dirty with your saliva. <laughs> <laughs> No foot fetish person seems to understand this. And like, I get it. It's like a fun fantasy, but it is just like, it's, they think it's useful and it's like, it can be fun, but I don't know if I would categorize it as useful. Clean. Yeah, no. Yuck. Oh God. Oh God. I feel like they need a tetanus shot after that. <laughs> yeah. I guess in, if I was walking around New York. Yeah. In unions, yeah. Scary. Scary. There's a lot of stuff out there. Um, okay. Did I go to concerts and sit on someone's shoulders for money? Oh, my God. God, I hope so. <laughs> Did you? Well, the answer I'm is? I'm going to say yes. Yes. You, oh, my God. Someone <laughs> paid you for that? Someone paid me to do that. I have seen oh. with him, I have gone to concerts like Shaggy. Oh, my God. Shaggy. Yes. Billy Idol. Wow. And Guster. I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't know who that is? No. They're, like, they're kind of an older band, but like, okay. they still do some stuff. But Guster, um, at a concert in Central Park, even called us out and was like, it looks like that guy's working real hard. Oh, my. <laughs> he was like, shout out to that, that guy. He's doing no a great idea. job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Little do they know, I was the one who was working. 
Exactly. Wow. <laughs> I love Thank that. You. That's amazing. Yeah. It was it was a very fun one. Okay. Um, did someone create a credit card with my full name on it and send it to me and have me activate it and everything? Oh my God. Lane. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Did they do that? The yes, answer is yes, they shut did. Shut the hell up. Oh my God. You've, I feel like you've literally like gamed the whole system. Like you've done something that everyone else needs to figure out and you figured it out. That's crazy. It is crazy. However, the day that they activated it, I went for a walk and it fell out of my pocket <gasps> and I lost it. And I had to call them and be like, you have to cancel it. And they haven't made a new one since. Oh, we're hoping we're hoping he's God. still he's still my sub so i think we just it's just been hard he's been very busy so hopefully mm. he's gonna make a new one soon i'm praying for you that's amazing thank you it was the it was the happiest and saddest day in my life <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's crazy <laughs> did i have someone uh dress up in frilly lingerie and dance to britney spears um uh baby one more time Ooh, yes Oops, I did it a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very common request. Um, really? Specifically yeah. Britney Spears or any any type no, of music? Just the I, I choose Britney. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they're like, they're like, make me wear lingerie and do something for you. And I'm like, you are dancing and it's too Britney, bitch. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love that. Um, did they um did I have them wear their wife's lingerie? <gasps> Ooh. No, I'm going to say no. Correct. Correct. Really? No. Yes. Because that is, I don't necessarily have that wife's consent and lingerie is nice and expensive. And like, you better not be stretching out your wife's lingerie yes. without asking her first. Yes. Go That's to the store. Very... <laughs> what are you broke? No, no, because you can, you can also get cheap stuff. It's easy. Go to Walmart. Exactly. 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 Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Make sure it's your size, not your wife's that's, size. That's a great boundary to have. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Um, did I make someone kiss a toilet? I hope <laughs> not, but I feel like you did. Yeah, I absolutely have. <laughs> was it a public toilet? No, no, it was not a public toilet. Though it has been a hotel toilet sometimes. Okay. Okay. At <laughs> least I'm like, it's clean. Yes. Was it the, what part of the toilet? Um, Great question. I think it's been... Sometimes the seat, and it has sometimes been the side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, basically, wow. they want me to, you know, tell them to do humiliating things. And I yeah. it's, I have to, I run out of ideas. I'm like, what's in the room? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got around you? That's, that's the improv. That's the improv skills. What is around me that I can use here? Oh, my exactly. gosh. That's wild. You got a toilet and a tongue. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final question. Did I have someone give themselves a wedgie with a phone cord, uh, like an like an iPhone charger, and then take that iPhone charger, wear it around their neck like a leash, and then speak into the charger part and say, goddess is my mommy and my iPhone is my daddy for money. I have passed away and gone to hell. What is happening? Yes, you absolutely did that because the detail was too much. There's no way it didn't happen. That is wow. I feel like you're sitting like you're sitting there typing all of this out and just cracking up because that's that's hilarious. I have to tell you, it's actually no. I did not do that for my. Damn. Name. I did it for me. Ah! 
Congratulations! You win. Did I do that for money? <laughs> you got every Yay. question right. Did I? I forget, but you might have. Damn. I don't know. Anyone I'm who plays always wins anyway. That's how, <laughs> how it works. There's no losing. Did I do that for money? We all win. Oh my god, I love it. I love every <laughs> single one of those, and that's just so fun. That's so fun. Like I said, I really feel like you've like you've hacked the whole thing and you found a way to monetize on things that people dream of doing. <laughs> there are so many, so many men I would love to watch kiss a toilet. <laughs> I mean, truly, it can be really a good time. And people have been like, how do you keep a straight face? And I'm like, no, they want me to laugh. Like they yeah. want me to like react right. naturally to it. And I do. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. And like, they're asking for this. So it's, yeah. you know, Oh That's yeah, no, we're all so having funny. a blast. <laughs> I I love every second of that. And like I said, I feel like you've like really hacked the whole thing. Um, I love all of your stories so much. I hope that everyone goes and sees Sex Drop. And I ask everyone who comes on the podcast if they have any particular dating advice that is their favorite. Is there Ooh. anything that comes to mind for you? dating advice. That's my favorite. I mean, I think my big one is like study attachment styles that mm. has, it has been so eye opening and, and obviously always like focusing on yourself first. I know that's like, Oh, it's so obvious with the focusing on yourself first, but like it's obvious for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think also, I mean, let's, let's give something like a little more tangible. I think for dates, especially earlier dates, I think having an activity to do together is way more bonding and exciting than just kind of like sitting and talking to the person because then mm -hmm. you're you're having an experience together while still also getting to talk and get to know each other. Yeah, I love that advice. Was there any activity that you've gone on a date with and, and like really loved? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I, I've gone rock climbing on a date once. Ooh, that was really fun. That's really yeah. fun. Has yeah. someone done the axe throwing thing? People love to take people to go axe throwing. I've done that in like a group dynamic, but like I could see that being fun. Yeah. Get out some aggression. It's, <laughs> it, it's way safer than it like looks. It looks so dangerous, but then it like, looks oh, so dangerous. It's all just going in the same, the one direction. Right. They're, they're like, mon they're make, making sure everyone's doing it right and not getting too drunk. Um, yeah. 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 Okay, well, okay. I've, I've always been scared about the axe throwing, and it, it's strange. Yeah, maybe don't do, do that on a, an, on, on a what date? Uh, just to do it on a date is strange to me. Yeah, but. maybe not a first date. Maybe, just, maybe, don't, maybe don't do that on a first one. I just saw there's a girl who did the first season of my show, and for anybody listening, it was Sammy. She just made a TikTok about how she went on a first date, and the oh, guy Sammy. took her axe throwing but didn't tell her that that's what they were doing so she was wearing like a cute little like um bodycon skirt and oh, no. little like strappy heels and they get there and they're like you can't throw axes in those in those <laughs> shoes <laughs> and she was like okay but I didn't know so they had to go to the dollar store it was a whole thing so maybe not a first date I love that they went to the dollar store rather than just did something else <laughs> I, listen, they felt committed to the axe throwing. She she lives in like a random part of Pennsylvania too. Maybe there wasn't much else to do. They're just throwing axes and going to dollar stores. I don't there know. You go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let us know where we can find you and what you kind of talked about your shows, but remind everyone when they're coming up and how we can, how we can see it. Yes. Okay. So sex job, um, you can go to www.sexjobshow.com. 
Um, we've got October 6th and December 20th in New York City and December 20th has that streaming option. Um, yeah, it's going to be touring. I'm like in talks with all of that right now. It should be going to LA. It might be going to Australia and the UK. Ooh, yeah. So just oh like God. keep your eye out. There's a, a mailing list you can join on the website so that and um, you know, you get those dates. Um, but also you can follow me on social media. Which following me is at Lane Quetteris um, on everything, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter. Um, and then it's at sex job show on Twitter and it's at sex job underscore a comedy show on Instagram because Instagram <laughs> shut down the first one because they were like, they were like, I had to be like, this is a comedy show. I have to put comedy in the title. <laughs> exhausting just exhausting um but i'm so excited for you to continue to do this show i think it's just brilliant and Thank so you. well done and i'm so happy that you came on the podcast today and i hope that people are have learned a lot from this and um and like flock to you and, and want to learn about your whole your whole job because it's so cool thank you yeah i hope so too it's like <laughs> it's, it's happening more and more i mean i was it's a hit I was amazed at the Fringe um, turnout because, yeah, it was my debut. And as as you know from Fringe, there's over 3,000 shows performing. Yeah. And to see the turnout that it got already when it was just, you know, my debut just kind of showing up was unbelievable. So mm -hmm. can't wait to watch it grow. Oh, my God. Me too. I mean, the way that you advertised it was I saw on your Instagram, so everyone needs to go to the Instagram, her Instagram and see, because you had someone on their hands and knees, and oh, you yeah. had them on a leash, and you yes. were just like handing out flyers. Oh my yes. god, for the show, yeah, <laughs> the most brilliant flyering I've ever seen. So well done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I would love to have you back anytime, and I'm That's so excited great. to see what's next for you. Thank you. so much for listening as a reminder we are always accepting questions about sex ed about relationships life advice we will accept it all we would love to hear from you so send us an email to alissa explains it all pod at gmail.com <laughs>